for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Kristen Karma. How's it going today, Kristen? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. I pronounce it. Usually, I ask, but it's Kristen, right? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Because sometimes it's Christine or, you know, random E's go missing. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but. First off, I want to thank you jumping on the podcast. How's it? How are things going in uh, Toronto right now? Oh, it's it's a beautiful sunny morning here in Toronto. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you're just based. How long have you been uh, been in Toronto at this point? Is it? Uh, it's been a couple of years now. Okay. Um, but I mean, I, I started out in Vancouver, and I've I've moved over here the last couple of years just to forward the career. Okay. Cool. Is uh, how how are things going with the music in Toronto, even during the pandemic? Obviously, there's not a lot of shows going on right now. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was pretty good before the pandemic, but mm-hmm. just with everything, everything's been closed. There's a lot of venues that are shutting down and um, going out of business, which is mm-hmm. kind of too bad. There's a lot of really notable venues that are just kind of closing its doors, but. Um, yeah it's it's we don't we're all doing what we can do right now at this point and uh so you'd mentioned like i mean the venues closing down and not reopening is a worldwide thing but in canada canada do you notice is it more of the established venues or is it a lot of the like smaller stuff that maybe um just opened or they offer up a smaller capacity no, no, no. This is, this is everything. There's, okay. um, yeah, there's a, there's a pretty notable venue that I've played at and it's, uh, it's closed its doors permanently now just because, you know, the pandemic's going on and, and, uh, they can't afford it anymore, but, uh, there, there's quite a few. It's, it's, it, it doesn't really matter if it's, it's new or if it's old or, or well-known or not. It's, it's just a shame, but yeah, it's a result of it because i know there's a lot of places down here it's a lot of the more seasoned venues that have been around a while for and when they first started happening i thought that was weird because it's like you've been around a while i thought they would be able to withstand a little bit more but some of them were almost immediately shortly after the pandemic they would close down and it's like yeah we're not reopening and it's like oh wow yeah it's forever in a day so right yeah but you know hope hopefully new venues will open and and we'll get music back up and running as quick as we can you know absolutely but um once again i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast uh let's go ahead and jump into you and find out a little bit more about you but uh what's your story what's your background what got you into music you know like what's your origin story 
Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Vancouver, BC. And um, when I was really young, you know, I kind of asked my parents for, for a piano. And after a lot of talks, they, they got me or my siblings and I a piano. And I started learning and going through the, the testing with the Royal Conservatory of Music. Um, when I got to elementary school, you know, I had to pick up a different instrument. I couldn't lug a piano around. So I picked up the saxophone and learned that. And um, I sort of kept advancing. And when I was 12, I joined the uh, Royal Canadian Air Cadets. And I went into the marching bands and picked up a whole slew of different instruments. And then went into the pipes and drums world and picked up, you know, bagpipes and uh, started learning bagpipes and the drums and just going on from there. And I had a broad knowledge of, you know, how the different instruments work together and you know, how the, the different voicings were, different rhythms. Um, and after high school, I went and pursued audio engineering. So I, I, you know, I got a certification in that and I worked in a studio for a little bit and decided that I wanted to be in front of an audience in front of the mic instead of behind the scenes tweaking things. So, um, you know, I, I told my parents, they're very supportive. And I kind of looked around and started writing music and learned as much as I could learn. And, you know, here we are. Nice. nice. Yeah. And so you released a new single back in October, you said, Dear John. Yes. Um, and I, it was obviously the pandemic kind of altered the rest of the release plan kind of moving forward after Dear John. But was the intent to do more singles or were you looking at like a full blown album or like just an EP? What, what was kind of the plan? Initially? Yeah. So the, the plan is to release an album. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, with things, it was it's just a little bit slower right now. Yeah. But I mean, I'm back in the studio now working on new music and and new things, which I'm really excited for. But I am really happy that Dear John was released before the pandemic. Hmm. Um, just it's it's done very well with the time it's had. So it's had lots of time to grow and, and rack up awards and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, that was the one thing that I noticed when I went on your website was all the it like the top 40 uh hitting the top 40 in pop country in canada uh you know and then just like the music video getting picked or nominated for different things in different film festivals and then just the song itself is really awesome um what's kind of the story behind dear john yeah so um it was coming up to the the two-year anniversary of my father's death and I wanted to kind of write something for that. And I sat down with my, you know, best friend and, and uh, also emerging artist, uh, Marian Hanna. And we, uh, she, you know, it was coming up to her, her brother's 10 year anniversary of his death as well. And we kind of decided it would be, you know, appropriate to write a song together with, you know, regards to the same situation. And so, um, you know, within 15, 20 minutes, we had this incredible song written, this demo, and we went into the studio and, you know, we didn't have a name for it. And she goes, you know, Johnny would really love this. And I'm like, what? Your brother's name is John. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, well, my dad's name is John. Wouldn't that be great if we called it Dear John? So we kind of changed a few lyrics around and, and, you know, recorded it and did this amazing music video. And, you know, we, we were recording next to waterfalls and off bluffs and, it's just amazing and um yeah it's uh it's just about wondering you know and you know those that are not with us anymore if they're watching what we're doing if they're proud of us if if you know they're they're you know seeing seeing everything that's going on so uh very appropriate and you know it was released in a 
timely fashion there with with everything going on and um yeah yeah I'm very excited about it still nice nice um and so how long ago did you record the song and then how long did it kind of take to get it released so we recorded in the end of june early part of july last year um and the music video as soon as we heard the final version of it we had to do a music video right away um so it was like boom 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 very 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 quick we had the video done in july uh it had to be postponed a little bit because we got sunburnt so we had to wait mm. <laughs> but um yeah and then and then we you know played it for our families and um then it was released in October and and it's very fitting because it also fits in with um like our remembrance day for the vets is in November so it was released like that um I mean my my grandfather was a vet so he's got his photos in there and his name was John too so mm. um I mean everything was just fitting the way it was released so it's there it's got a little bit of a little bit of everything in there awesome yeah. um and then so for the music video how much creative input did you do you did you have and do you like to have when it comes to music videos or do you like to let the videography people take um no no we had a we had an extremely clear vision of everything for this video i mean um we wanted to record off a cliff or a bluff or something around Mm -hmm. here um and we got that in the video um marianne wanted you know in, in front of a waterfall we got that you know we we lugged our stuff and hiked down to, to this beautiful waterfall. Um, everything was, you know, I wanted photos in the background just to, you know, of, of my dad and she wanted photos of her brother and, and all of that was input. They, they really took everything we had and they, they put that, put that in. But I mean, I'm very hands-on with my music, um, you know, having that background in audio engineering so I, I really like to be hands-on. Even my demos are like 90% complete before I go to a producer. So they get the complete vision. Uh, same thing with the video. I was like, this is what I kind of, this is what we envision for the scenes. This is kind of what we want. Um, and then they take that and they create a treatment plan based on everything that we're coming up with. But I mean, there wasn't too many changes at all. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was, pretty on point with what we had envisioned and it came out perfectly nice and with this was this your first music video you've done for your um as yourself no no no. i've I've done other videos before um those videos i was a little more timid and i let the production company kind of take over and come up with you know their version of my idea Mm -hmm. but um no, no, this is probably the most, you know, I, the clearest vision with the most hands-on. Okay. So, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, it's, it's a really cool video. And so I, I was just kind of curious because I was looking through your YouTube channel and I saw a lot of like lyric videos mm-hmm. um, and maybe I just didn't catch. So that's why I was asking if this was your first like music video, but no, it's cool. Um, so kind of, um, obviously during the pandemic, there's not a lot of shows going on right now. Um, what are you doing right now to kind of push yourself creatively and like challenge yourself as a musician? Um, yeah, right now it's, it's mainly home practice and writing. 
and co-writing with others um, and just really working on stuff to go into the studio with to finish that album. Um, I didn't want to lose too much time uh, not being in the studio, but mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can do here with my production and just really write, write, write. And just, you know, those, those really good songs, the top notch songs, bring those into the studio. So it's been a lot of behind the scenes kind of things that not a lot of, you know, not everybody's seeing, but it's, it's still working. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's um, and then are you experimenting with any new sounds? Are you pulling from like different influences at all? Or are you just kind of other, other than like writing a lot, are you looking at different sounds or different moods than you'd normally write? Yeah, um, for sure. Right now I'm currently writing uh, my first male and female duet, oh, well. which is kind of cool. It's kind of stepping outside my box for that one. Um yeah, and just kind of experimenting all over the place. I like get influence from everything that's around, whether it's things I hear on YouTube or, you know, on the radio or in Sirius FM. Mm. It doesn't really matter where, but it's I'm pulling from, you know, life experiences, things I'm doing in the summer, just um, pulling from everywhere. But I mean, yes. it's it's always, always experimenting with something new. Yeah, awesome. And then are you um, doing anything with like the live streaming since you can't get out and play in front of an audience? Um, I haven't done anything yet with that, um, but it's always a possibility. Okay. You know what? And you know, it's not that crazy because like live streaming is really hard to do. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, as easy, it's easy to set up and stuff, but it's hard to be really good. Like for it to be a good live stream, like you've got so many issues with natural compression of the audio. And if you don't have, decent mics you're gonna sound terrible you know so it's yeah um but cool um so you that's always something that's on the um that's a possibility moving forward or have you looked into it at all or is it just something yeah yeah i've looked at it for sure um it's just a lot to put together mm. at the moment with yeah. everything going on so it's yeah, this different setups and different things and yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, are you working at all outside of music or are you hundred percent full time music at this point? Uh, no, I have a I have a day job. Okay. Um it wasn't affected much by the pandemic, so okay. I do go in on a regular basis. But okay. uh so all that yeah. free time I just talked about you <laughs> really haven't noticed? No, no, because I, I go in for the day job and and you know I the end of it it's music or doing something summer related but yeah yeah, yeah. awesome oh um, so one of the things that we like to do on live and amplified is try and pass on as much knowledge as we can to the younger musicians so in uh just starting off in general what advice do you have for younger musicians that are looking to just get started um yeah i'd say do your research there's um, do your research on what kind of musician you want to be, the type of music, um, you know, how different things work together, sounds, different producers, really dive into that. And uh, I mean, there's so much, so many things you can read about on the internet and books uh, from other musicians. Just know, know the kind of artist you want to be and don't really take a lot of crap from other people. Um, don't let them conform you to an artist they want you to be. Um, 
just really know who you are and go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned stepping into the studio to record? Um, that anything and everything can be fixed, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a, a wrong word, wrong pitch, uh, notes, anything, anything can be fixed in the studio. As long as you give it your all and that, that passion behind what you're singing or what you're playing, mm-hmm. that can't be changed but everything else can and then you'd mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh you studied like the production end Mm -hmm. of everything and you did that for a little bit um how has that helped you as a musician um it just gives me a better um kind of understanding of how everything works i'm not you know, when a producer comes and they tell you, this is how we do this. I'll, I'll give you an example. Before we worked on Dear John, uh, we went to another producer mm-hmm. and he, very, very different style, very different everything. And he came in, he was like, okay, here, we'll record the vocals. And then it was, I was like, oh, okay, are you comping the vocals? And he's like, no, you just sing it correctly. I'm like, okay, are you tuning the vocals? Well, no, you just sing it correctly. I'm like, okay, it's a different way of doing things. All right. And then after, you know, the, the couple of lines were sang um, or sung, he, um, he was like, okay, we're now we're going to do the final vocals. And me, I'm biting my tongue thinking, okay, the, the track's not complete. The, the ghost vocals are not complete or tuned or adjusted or fixed. And, you know, I, I, I knew what I was talking about. So when I'm challenging this producer, it's, you know, I do know, I do have the background. I have done this. Mm-hmm. So it's very different. Um, so I do get into a lot of, you know, situations where it's, you know, I, I just have to walk away because it's not exactly, you know, my, yeah, it's not my vision. It's not his vision. It's mm-hmm. we're on, we're in limbo here. So, but it's definitely helped me, um, you know, just be able to voice what I know and change things and be very specific with things so specific you know take out this breath i don't like where i'm breathing here to let's change let's modify how this synth sounds you know it's Mm -hmm. very specific so it gives you a broader knowledge base to be able to communicate with the producer exactly exactly and in some cases if it feels like you're being tank or taken by a producer or trying to have the producer assert their vision over yours you're able to kind of jump in and be like no i know absolutely absolutely i i want this is my sound i want it to sound like this or i Mm -hmm. want you know i i need this a little bit louder in the mix and you know the producer i work with now he's fantastic he completely gets my vision right off the top and when I do make the minute changes, he understands where I'm coming from and he gets it and he changes it right away. So, um, but there's a lot of artists that go into the studio and they say, well, make me sound better. What does that mean though, right? Does that yeah. mean I need more reverb on my voice or does that mean I need it tuned or I need to re-sing it? Or, you know, like there's yeah. so many different things that make me sound better. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you ever tried to like produce your own, like just a single on your own? by yourself or is that not something you're really interested in doing um no i i think the demos it's it's as far as i go i mean i use garage band to do my demos and they're they can be pretty you know i do add everything from synth to strings to guitars all that yeah. all that stuff in there 
but I mean, at the end of the day, um, I don't have the software and, you know, the, the studio mics or, or, sorry, the studio monitors to do all that, to listen back and to really get a, a full grasp of my mix. I'd rather go to somebody else. So that's a fresh pair of ears and they can kind of just tweak it and just make it a hundred times better. Yeah. And, you know, and that's kind of, that's actually not that uncommon. I've come to find out that like I, my audio engineer that does a lot of our live and amplified stuff, he's also in a band and I've asked him a hundred times if we could do some stuff with his band. And he's like, well, we got to find somebody that's going to be able to record mix and master it because I ain't going to do it. And it's like, Oh, why? It's like, well, first of all, me playing the drums and then having to kind of monitor the audio isn't going to work. But mm -hmm. second of all, I'm worried that if I mix it myself, I'm going to make myself, I'm going to make the drums sound better than everyone else and have favorites, you know, that's so it's just like, yeah. okay, I get it. So, but maybe one day, oh. but obviously, so right now you're not playing any shows is there any hope on the horizon of shows starting to get played in Toronto or? Oh, well, as soon as the venues open up, absolutely. Um, I mean, venues are just opening up now, but there's, you know, no, no dancing, no singing at the bars or the clubs okay. or like, it's very, very strict on how things are opening, but mm -hmm. yeah, I can't wait. The stage is where I, I really shine. I love performing. Mm -hmm. I love, you know, just getting out there, watching my fans have a good time and dance mm -hmm. and sing and, and whatnot so i mean i can't wait well what's um a live show what's your live show like is it you with a band or do you, is it you doing like solo stuff no i've i've got a full band behind me i've got you know tracks i've got i play guitar um or piano depending you know i i bring up a a special guest sometimes um a different instrument and well it's very high energy mm -hmm. it really does make you get off your seat and come come dance so yeah. it's it's it, yeah it's very high energy so it's a full band production and you you need a sizable stage to get up yes. on yeah. <laughs> yes awesome. um when you're not playing music or at work what do you like to do for fun to just kind of escape everything um travel is a huge one for me um, you know, I was traveling quite, quite a bit to different countries, uh, Europe, South America, you know, or Mexico, like everywhere, Caribbean, mm. everywhere. And, um, just getting a different outlook from life from them and everything. And, um, yeah, and I'm, I've been really during the pandemic, I've been really focusing on diet and fitness. Um, but going out, just enjoying the sun, going to a cottage, just kind of you know, hanging out with my friends and just uh, relaxing. I know it's a tough time right now, but I mean, with social distancing, you just, you know, you, you can still chill with your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as uh, your new music goes, once you finally get back into the studio, is the hope to have it released by the end of the year? Or are you just kind of waiting until... Um, uh, the pandemic start, or until you actually get back into the studio and start making some real progress before you start setting goals and stuff. Um, so I've, I've had my first studio session last week. So it, the studio is starting to open up. Mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of, uh, it's not as going back in as, as often and more okay. of it is remote work. Um, 
but yeah, there, I'm definitely going to release a single by the end mm. of the year because I definitely need to get some new music out. Um, I just won't have that album by the end of the year. It's definitely okay. being pushed until 2021. Yeah. Gotcha. How was the feeling finally getting back into the studio? Oh, it's, it's, some, it's good. I love it. I mean, it, I can get down to, to business. I was working on two new tracks. I um, was able to, you know, get vocals done and get, you know, different ideas done and just really work on things. And it was just such a, a creative space to get working. Nice. And you'd mentioned earlier that you like to do co-writes. Is that a big thing in Toronto or is that just something that you like to do? No, no, that's, um, that's me just getting started in co-writing. I think, okay. so I did a, a co-write, I've done a couple of co-writes, but I mean, the last one for Dear John was kind of just kind of a, a fluke, really. It was, oh, we'll write a song just for us to, you know, kind of cope with things. But I mean, that turned out bigger than anything right now. I yeah. mean, it's, it's been crazy, but you know, I'm, I'm co-writing with the, the same artist and, um, you know, I'm just, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone, stepping out of my box and just kind of experimenting. Um, I have a Spanish rapper on a song, you know, I'm, I've got another, you know, I'm just, I'm really stepping out and just trying to use this time to experiment with different things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's kind of your creative process when you sit down to write music? Um, I like to write on guitar, piano, um, and just kind of bounce around some chords and some different things. But uh, as for lyrics, I've I've got my notepad full of of different lyrics. Whether it's you know I'm walking down the street or in the middle of the night, and I'm like, oh, this lyric sounds so good. Write it down, and then you know if when I think I have enough, then I kind of sit down and kind of group things together with the same kind of theme and and really sit down and, and kind of mesh out a melody and just go from there. Awesome, awesome. And then, so for the upcoming album, do you already know what songs are going on the album or are you, are you writing specifically for the album or are you picking songs that you've already written and just kind of placing them on the album? What's that process kind of been like? Um, no, I'm writing uh, songs specifically for the album. Okay. Um, it's almost, it almost, have all of them um okay. there's just i'm missing a few but i mean yeah if i write something and get it produced and i, I think it's not at that caliber i'm not going to put it on but most of the songs are you know it's it's all based on things that are going on in my life right now mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i got you all right the reason i ask that is because you know the, the, some musicians have completely different writing styles and how they write so like a lot of some musicians they just have like this book of hundreds of songs. And so they finally sit down to like work on an album and it's like, okay, well, I don't have to write specifically for this album. I got a hundred songs right here. Let me just figure out. And if I got to like write one or two, you know, just to kind of make a complete story or, you know, whatever, that's fine. But yeah. So I, I was just kind of curious. I'm always curious as to how, how musicians kind of put their mm -hmm. albums together. Um, but yeah. As far as the or the band or the band that you perform with, is it one hundred percent you doing the writing and arranging, or do you have or do other like people that play with you? Do they kind of help come in with the arrangements and whatnot? No, no, it's a hundred percent myself that does it, and then I, you know, I bring it to my musicians. They learn it, they play it, and 
you know, that's that. But um, I find when I used to have a lot of creative input from my musicians, mm -hmm. they they changed a lot of the vibe of the song. So okay. if it was, you know, a dance song, we perform it and it sounded like a punk rock song, which yeah. was completely different. It was too different for me. So I just, you know, I, I set the boundaries and the goals and, and they just complete it. Gotcha, gotcha. So it, they're at this point, originally you wanted it to be like a full band atmosphere with everybody having input and then it just mm -hmm. kind of like, no, we're getting away from the initial intent of the song and it just it, became yeah. you as a musician with the band. With the band That's exactly it. Okay. It was more, you know, and it was more when I was in Vancouver and I was starting out and everyone was, oh, well, we're not getting paid to do this. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm not getting paid either. We're on the same boat. We yeah. play a show. We all get paid, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was a, a lot of musicians are in it for themselves and mm -hmm. I wish I completely get, but I mean, when you're trying to work as a team and you're thinking that you're, you know, I'm a drummer, like what I, you know, I only play, play the beat, but I should get more money because I play more drums or more instruments yeah. or, you know, it's, it, it was just too much. So I was yeah. like, no, 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 you know what? I will do this. I will, you know, I'll, I'll provide this the music, just play it. That's all I ask and play it yeah. correctly. Yeah. And uh, there we go. And what's, What's cool, I, well, not cool, but what's convenient about that is if you're going out on a tour and let's say your bass player can't make it, well, then we'll find another bass player. You know, it, it like that, that's kind of, that sounds cruel, but like it's done all over like mm -hmm. any like Kid Rock or any of those types of artists that are known for their, or that are just themselves and have a band it's like yeah if he goes on tour and his bass player can't do it guess what yep he exactly goes and it. finds a new bass player you know exactly um, it and it, it's got to make it a little bit easier how when there isn't a pandemic how often do you get out and play shows outside of toronto um so probably once every couple of months okay um, I know it seems pretty rare for an artist, but I mean, I'm more about quality over quantity mm -hmm. and I'd rather get, you know, I'd rather do a show and put on a show where there's something completely different happening mm -hmm. and um, you just, yeah, completely different. And then they show up and they have a good time and they don't come back a week later or, or a month later and it's exactly the same show. I want to mm -hmm. add something different in, whether it's a different guest or different artist or something different just change up the songs change up the cover song change up something and then you know it's not the same show that they're coming back to yeah and so you uh like even in toronto do you not do you play pretty sporadically as well or do you play a little bit more regularly in toronto uh no it's sporadically as well okay yeah cool uh how many shows a year would you say you play when there isn't a global a lockdown yeah <laughs> um i don't know probably like uh six or seven okay yeah cool and uh so when you do that and you said you like to make changes are they like big drastic changes or is it just like new songs different guests like how big of a change do you like to make in between yeah it's it's more you know uh different guests or if i'm bringing the same guests like how can i bring like a different instrument um 
you know, my, the most recent change was having, um, so my guitars is Mr. ATP's the rapper on Dear John. So, you know, and we're playing the song and all of a sudden my guitarist is rapping. It was a huge shock for people that they could do both at the same time on top of me having, you know, Marianne sing with me and, and whatnot. Um, but I've added, you know, a guitar to my set. I've mm. changed my, my outfits. Uh, I've changed colors. Like I've changed um, just everything, anything mm. and everything. And I find out a cool way to just, you know, bring people to the, the, the show. Nice, nice. Have you um, had a chance to travel internationally for your music, or is it just personal tra- uh, traveling that you do internationally? Um, not, not internationally yet. Um, I was going to a couple of years ago play a play an acoustic show in London, but mm-hmm. I mean things just didn't work out. So, gotcha. I mean, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Is the hope to try and bring the full band internationally at some point or what's the hope for your music kind of moving forward um yeah i mean every time i play a show it's the there's more energy if i have a full band Mm -hmm. um but i can do an i can do an acoustic as well but it's just you get a bigger impact with the full band Mm -hmm. so um eventually it would be to bring a full band touring yeah i i got you you know and it's one of those things where as convenient as it is to tour as an acoustic artist because you're only worrying about yourself you don't have to worry about scheduling other bandmates and like hey i want to go do a three-month tour can the seven of you or five of you make a three-month tour work you know so it's a lot easier to schedule but a lot of times your music just isn't the same same acoustically like if you're really well known as a band and you know, as this one sound, and then you go do like an acoustic set, it's like, no, nah, it's a little different. So yeah, don't exactly. Quite get, <laughs> don't quite get the same, same feeling or vibe, you know. But um, so kind of moving forward, you're just um, working in the studio or getting ready to really jump into the studio for the new single and eventual full length um what's what's the plan kind of heading into 21 just fully supporting the album correct yes yes it will be and i'd love to tour with the album um but that really depends on how far along we are with this pandemic and you know nearing the end so so we'll see there's still a lot of restrictions but we we can always hope for the best yeah i was talking to somebody yesterday that they work in the it's not like they work in the vacation industry they work on contract for like cruise liners and stuff and they're saying it's gonna for uh, from their end it's gonna be anywhere from like two months to three years before they can get back out and work and it's like that's like a huge window, like two yeah. months to three years. That That's pretty intense. Like, obviously you hope it's closer to two months and not so much the three years, but yes. you know, um, it, that goes back to the conversation we were having before we jumped on the stream about my office probably not opening until January. It's just like, you know, it's the time we live in, you know? Yeah. But um 
But first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate your time and jumping on so early in the morning. Well, I mean, I guess it's not in Toronto. That's in central time zone. So it's like 10, 15 your time right now? Or are um, you? Yeah, it's 10, 15. Yeah. 10, 15. Okay, <laughs> cool. You know, and it, still tr- like I could nail the Australia to central time zone nice. like that. But it's just like even here, it's like, wait a minute. It, it's a lot simpler math, but it still takes me a minute to figure it out, you know. <laughs> but um, so first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Um, where can everybody find the music video for Dear John, the single, find you online, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So my website is kristenkarma.com, mm-hmm. uh, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-K-A-R-M-A.com. And um, I've, I'm all over YouTube. Um, I'm Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's me who operates all of my social media. So if anybody wants to reach out, come reach out. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you listen to your music, look me up, listen to Dear John, check out the video. Yeah, love to hear from you. Awesome. And then one final question before we jump on or jump off. Uh, Why music? Oh, it's something that's, uh, that's always been in me. Um, you know, I didn't really know when I was younger. I tried dance, I tried this, tried that. But it's a really good creative outlet for me to get my emotions out um, rather than turn to something else. It's just, it's just a good way, for, a good outlet for me. Awesome, awesome. But once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys later. All right. Thank you.